Welcome. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Living with author and teacher Francois Feinberg. May the message you're about to hear earnestly touch your heart, and may it encourage you in your ongoing love of God the Father, your enjoyment of the Lord Jesus Christ, and your fellowship in both the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. The way that Jesus interacted with his father caught the attention of his disciples. They noticed that there was just something very radically different about the way that Christ communed with his father versus the average Joe of the day. They were steeped in religion. They were steeped in spiritual performance. And then here comes a man who seemingly has none of that, and yet he enjoys God. He talks to God. It's as though God answers this man's prayer, and the disciples took note of this, and they inquisited of the Lord, how do you pray? Jesus, how do you interact with, 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 with God? Can, can you teach us how to do this? Because somehow the way that you're doing it is entirely different than the way we've been doing it and the way we've been taught. And it just seems like you connect with God. What is your secret? And in Matthew 6, Jesus goes on to explain his methodology in prayer. In verse 6, he says, But when you pray, enter into your private room and shut your door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will repay you. And in praying, do not babble empty words as the Gentiles do. For they suppose that in their multiplicity of words they will be heard. Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask Him. You then pray in this way, Our Father who is in the heavens, your name be sanctified, your kingdom come, your will be done. As in heaven, so also on earth. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And that was Jesus' crash course on fellowship with God, communion with God, prayer, and interaction with God. I want to highlight for you a few things from this discourse on prayer. The first and obvious thing that we notice is that we need to come away into a secret place to commune with God. It's as though within the culture of that day, interaction with God was, was very much a religious obligation and a performance, and it was at a set time and a set schedule. But here it's as though 
If you want to commune with God, it needs to be of your own ache, your own desire, and it even can happen outside of the prescribed times of prayer. So he says, when you pray, then enter into your private room. Come into the secret place. Instead of just the public gatherings, that's very easy because we've got a prayer book and we've got music and this is the time to pray. If you really want to connect with God in addition maybe to all of that, come away when, when you desire. Come away when there's that ache and that burden to draw near to God. Come away when the Holy Spirit woos you. And I believe the Lord would even say to us today, it's good to have certain set corporate times of the worship of God, but can you also hear the, the wooing and the drawing? Can, can you sense the drawing of the Holy Spirit that said, my son, my daughter, come away, uh, maybe early in the morning, maybe late at night, maybe sometime in the middle of the day, just for five minutes, come away from the average, come away from just the, the prescribed and come connect with me. In secrecy, where, where there's no schedule, there's no structure, there's no obligation. It's just heart-to-heart communion. And the Lord says this is perhaps the very first thing that we will have to pay attention to if we want to have an interaction with God the way that He interacted with God. Then, yeah, can we answer the call to prayer outside of the prescribed, scheduled, and obligatory times. But then the Lord comes and he says, you know, when you pray, address God as Father and say, Our Father. Can anything in all of the Bible be sweeter than those two words? Our Father. It's not just Jesus' Father. The disciples get to say, God, you're also our Father. You're our Abba. Obviously, they noticed that between Jesus and God, there was a special connection. And now Jesus says, hey, when you pray, you can address God very much the same way I address God. He's my daddy. He's my Abba. He's my father, and he's also yours. If you're a man, he's your father. If you're a woman, God is your father. If you're a Jewish man, if you're a Gentile, if you are young, if you are old, if you are a perfectly free person, if you're an enslaved person, you get to say, God, you are my father. It's got nothing anymore to do with being male or female or I'm from this ethnic group or that ethnic group. We get to all say across time for the past 2,000 years now, we can all in a secret place say, God, you are God of the universe, no doubt about that. You are El Shaddai, the all-sufficient, almighty, everlasting God, but in the secret place. What are we really aching for? We're aching for intimacy with God. And we're aching for being known by God and and being personal with God. And here Jesus says, you get to address him as Papa, as Abba, as your Father. And, And for me, the prayer in a way stops right there. 
Because by just saying, my dad, my father, my Abba, that cry alone for me is, is prayer. Anything else that we now address to God in prayer is just almost ancillary to the initial cry, my dad, my Abba. When you say my dad, you are my father. It's as though you put trust in God. It's as though you're vulnerable before God. It's as though you're positioning yourself to be cared for by him. It's as though you position yourself to be loved by him, to be noted by him, to be attended by him, to be provided and to be pardoned and to be protected by him. Just those words, Pater Noster, Abba, Father, my God, my, my dad. That almost for me is prayer in itself. When uh, I often come before the Lord, it is to ask for my daily bread. It's often to say, Lord, I'm sorry that I was less than the image of God today in the way that I acted, in the way that I thought, in the way that I spoke. Lord, I, I, I just blew it. Often when I come before the Lord, it's to ask for protection. But I want to submit to you all of these things that we ask pertaining to ourself, our daily bread, the forgiveness of our sins and the forgiveness of those around us and the protection that we so desperately need from the evil one. It's as though all of that comes under this one ache, this, this burden to just say, my father. When you can entrust and in hope, in faith and in love, call upon the name of the Lord, call upon the name of Abba, it's as though everything else will fall into place if we can get our connection to God as Father correct. Many of us are afraid of our dad because we have an erroneous perception of who he is. And we consult our circumstances as to what he is capable of. And so we interpret God as mad or glad or willing or unwilling, able and not able. But here Jesus just makes a blanket statement. When you come to your father, just, just address him. You are my father. Obviously, when we put trust in our Father, we want to have His name be different, His name be honored, His name be hallowed. We obviously, when we put trust in God, we say, God, you are my Father. Obviously, then we are deferring to His kingdom. We're seeking for His enthronement and, and His honor and His glory. So we obviously, when we address Him as Father, and we, we position ourselves as children, obviously we want his will to be done. So those things really fall in place. The holiness of God's name, the coming of his kingdom, and his will to be done on this earth as it is in the heavens, all of those things fall so easily in place if you can just with conviction say, Pater Noster, 
my Abba, my Father. In this prayer, we address God. But in this prayer, we also ask of God for certain things about ourselves. And it's almost as though we ask of God to provide for us our daily bread. We ask of God to pardon us and give us the strength and the grace to pardon others. And lastly, in this prayer, we also ask for protection. Three very basic things. Provision, pardon, and protection. And Jesus here tells his disciples, when you come before your Abba with boldness, with conviction, with confidence, in hope, and in love, and in faith, you can ask Abba for these three things. Number one, provision. We can genuinely say, Father, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. And God, I need breakthrough in this area. I need provision in this area. The Lord would only have us not be asking in anxiety, but he wants for us to ask, nevertheless, Father, would you from your resources and your capability and from your willingness, Father, would you provide for me? Beloved, you can ask. The Bible is very, very clear that the Lord hears us if we ask in confidence, if we ask in faith. He absolutely hears us. And he is so able and he is so willing to provide for us. And I can, with a clear conscience, say that over the course of my walking with God for the many, many years now, the Lord has absolutely provided for me every single step of the way. My life, my ministry is just littered with the provisional miracles of God, supernatural provision that at times I was not sure how am I going to get breakthrough in this area. And I tell you, the Lord is faithful and he will move heaven and earth if you can trust your father. God has provided for me a wife, a family. God has provided for me the, the ecclesia, the, the body of Christ, spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers. The Lord has provided brothers and sisters for me. The Lord has provided material things for me, property, buildings, a ministry. I do not have time to reiterate for you the incalculable examples in my life of the provision of God. Beloved, if God can do it for me, and I feel very much like I am the chief of all sinners myself, but I have a relationship with my Father. I trust Him. And if God can do it for me, He can do it for you, O oh, you of little faith. Beloved, stay in faith. It, it, it is the burden of God. It is the ache of God to provide for you, except in the provision of God, let go of how you predict and script that provision to look like, okay? Just come before God and state what you need. God, I need this. God, I need that. But how and when and whom he might use to bring that provision, let go of all of that. Just check 
your 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 mind at the door a little bit and your thoughts and your ideas and your imaginations and and this utopic vision of how God's going to do it beloved i've come to discover God is in the surprising business he loves to surprise us so yes you can ask but don't dictate you can ask but don't script for God just Ask in faith and and let it be. And if the Spirit burdens you to ask again and to knock again and to ask again and again and again, then do it. But I also want to say sometimes you may just ask one time and say, God, I trust you, my Abba, and let it go. Let it go and watch how on that trust God will bring the breakthrough almost when you least expect it. You can ask God for provision. Number two, you can ask God for pardon. I am the chief of sinners. I miss the mark of godliness and the image of God so often. I'm so glad that in confidence I can ask my father, for his pardon. And instead of feeling all sorry for myself that I blew it again, that I missed the mark again, when I come to God, I say, Father, I blew it. And I acted very much unbecoming to the Son of God that I am. I acted so below the standard of the image and the authority and the fruit-bearing capacity that, that you gave to me in my new birth. And I come and I just say, Lord, I'm sorry. And beloved, I let it go. Jesus says that we can ask God to forgive us. And I trust that the word of the Lord is true. And um, I'm so thankful for the Spirit of God who does lead me into repentance, but I don't want to wallow in feeling sorry for myself too long. I look to my Father for His release and for His pardon. And Jesus says we can ask for that. And we can also ask God to give us grace, to give us strength, and to give us courage to forgive the many people that often act very unbecomingly towards us. We can ask for the pardon of God for ourselves and towards others. And lastly, we can ask God not only for provision, for pardon, but we can ask our Father for protection. Protection from the enemy. That is the tempter. That is the accuser. That is the one who is antagonistic towards any and everything of God. Hasatan in the Hebrew language, the adversary, the opposer. We can ask our Father, God, Abba, Papa, protect me. You know, as a child, when you look to your Father, in a way you're saying, God, I am vulnerable. Protect me. God, if you do not protect me, I, uh, I'm going to stumble. And we can ask God for protection. Beloved, we do not need to be the punching bag of the enemy of God and the enemy of our souls. 
we can actually in faith resist him and stand against him. And we can ask God for the proper strength within and we can ask God for the Holy Spirit about us and for angelic beings about us. We can ask God to do whatever it takes to protect us. It is his will. We do not need to be in bondage to the Satan, the enemy of God. We do not need to be perpetually remaining under curses and stumble and be blocked and be frustrated. We can live a free life. Yes, we blow it. Yes, we make mistakes. And there are often times that we may open up doors for the enemy to, to, to lie to us further and to confuse us more and to, to trap us in bondage. But as a child of God, I don't have to live a life in bondage. We can live entirely free from the clutches and the influence and the bondages of Satan. And here we can eventually say, God, to you belong the kingdom. To you belong all power. And to you belong glory. That is, anything and everything God is going to do for me is for really his own purposes. It's for his kingdom, and he will do it by his own power, and he will do it for his own glory. And we have to be very careful that when we come to our Father that we keep these three things in check. When I ask for provision or I ask for protection, it's not to build my own kingdom. When we come to our Father as children, we really are coming to submit ourselves and say, Lord, whatever you do in my life, build your kingdom. We have to be very careful when we come to the Father that we don't ask for power for ourselves. And that is, um, make me invincible. No, the power is of God. Um, I remain fragile. I remain a child. It's not as though I become invincible through the protection of God. The power remains in, in, in God's auspices. So I say, yours is the kingdom. God, and however this breakthrough is about to come, it's not me. It's your power that's going to do this. And lastly, we have to check ourselves that when we pray, whatever God does for me is for my own glory for my own name, fame, and acclaim? Is it so that I can brag? Or is it really for the glory of God? Is it for the shining of God? Is it to put weight into God's corner and say, really, this breakthrough, this provision, this, this protection, the ability that I'm able to pardon my father or my mother or my brother, those who trespass against me, it's really to the glory of God. I'm a kid. I'm fragile. Anything and everything that is good in my life, that is breakthrough in my life, that is overcoming in my life, it really is of God. This is the Pater Noster. This is our Father. Beloved, I pray that in the upcoming days you would position yourself as a child and in faith, you would come before your father and say, in secret, God, you are my Abba. Your name is holy. Let your kingdom come. 
Let your will be done on this earth as it is in the heavenlies. Abba, give me today my daily bread, anything that I need to live for you, to live in this kingdom. God, provide for me and forgive me my debts, my trespasses, as I also forgive those who trespass against me. And bring me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. Abba, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. And yours is the glory. Father, whatever you do in my life, build your house. Do it by your ingenuity, your timing, your way, your strength. And Lord, may it all be for your holy name, for your glory, so that I can boast my life, make it a testimony to the strength of God. Make my life a boast to you, Lord. Beloved, I believe when we pray with such a heart, I believe God will become more real to us than ever before. So the disciples saw this kind of a prayer life in Jesus and they said to him, Lord, teach us also how to pray. And how thankful I am that Matthew wrote this down for us. We have an actual record of Jesus teaching us how to commune with the Father. Beloved, do exactly this. Stop babbling. Stop being so anxious in the multiplicity of words. And as a child, by faith, come and mean business with the Pater Noster, our Father. <laughs>